As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my prayer and realize there's no death. Cause I've been whining and griping so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. The stuff I'm asking for, my God should be serving. I'm in church every Sunday, God knows I'm deserving. I'm hungry, so tacos is what I'm wanting. You better act now while the bell is still open. I really hate lying, so I gotta know. Will I hit the fast lane at the grocery store? I haven't studied yet, but I gotta pass. Lord, give me an A in the Spanish class. Praying for the money, praying for the power ball, minute after minute, hour after hour, y'all. Every day I buy one. That ticket I keep checking. Two dollars at the easy mark to plan for my investing. They say I need to pray, so I'm praying all about me. God, give me what I want, so life will be easy. I guess he can, he probably won't. I think I should. That's God for more than luck, man. Yes. We did say it was sort of summer cinema. So, and a little bit hack behind the scenes information. So Rachel and Tommy, they just dropped Stuart and I off in front of this truck in the, at the grocery store. I'm super worried the guy was going to come out and we're dancing in front of his truck. <laughs> so for those who don't know, my name is Chris Neal. I kind of do the associate ministries here at Grace, work with Katie in the Connect ministry here at Grace and facilitate stuff that goes on in the men's ministry here at Grace. And so I'm glad and I'm honored to be here with you this morning. Tommy, the lead pastor, is away uh, at his brother's church actually this morning. And so I'm pumped that I get to be here this morning. But that video, it really is some of my greatest cinematic work, I must say. I'm really, I'm really proud. And so hopefully that video makes you laugh. Some of you may be too hard. And hopefully it makes you think, makes you think about these safe prayers that we all kind of pray and get kind of stuck in a rut with our prayers. And, but today, one of my prayers is that we'll start thinking about some dangerous prayers that we can actually pray. These prayers that you say, your friends or somebody would say, do you realize that if God answers this prayer, your life will never be the same? That's a dangerous prayer. 
If you say, I'm going to pray this prayer, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be dangerous and bold, and your friends say, man, if you pray that prayer, your life will never be the same. That's a dangerous prayer when you pray something like that. So one of the things I do when I come up here is I take one big step, and I like to step out of my insecurities and my doubts and my fears and my worries, and I step into God's calling for my life. So my prayer, one of my dangerous prayers is for all of you this week, would you would actually take one big step physically, just one big step, and you're going to step out of your doubts and fears and worries and concerns, and you're going to step into God's calling. So whether it's today or whether you want to do it sometime this week, I pray that you'll think about taking that first step. And so if you're a young kid here, if you're getting ready to go to school, I want you to stand up for just a second. Take one big bold, just stand straight up. Come on, okay, you got, you got this. Everybody's got it. Come on up. If you're getting ready to take, go to school, college, if you're getting ready to do it, I want you to stand up. And, and as we're getting ready to pray for these kids, some of you thought I forgot to pray, and you're already texting Tommy. No, I got this. So, no, we're going to pray for these kids. We're going to pray for these kids. And as we pray for these kids, I want you to think about them. If they're your kids, I want you to think about kids maybe you know. If you have grandkids, I want you to think about your grandkids. And if you have kids in this community. But these are the kids, the people, the students that we're charged with, with caring for and praying for as they start their whole brand new year. And so we're getting ready to do a dangerous prayer. Well, that's not how you start a dangerous. We're getting ready to do a dangerous prayer. Yes. So, Father God, we want these kids to have a great year. We really do, God. God, we want these kids and these students and these teachers here this morning to have a great year, God. But we're also going to pray for them to be bold, God. We're going to pray that these kids would be leaders in their school, God, in their houses, God, in their communities, God. God, that these kids, these students, and these teachers, that they would set the example, God, of how to love and how to care for and how to help people, how to walk across the room, God, and love on somebody that's kind of different than them, God. God, we just pray that they would be a friend to the friendless, God. We pray for them to find good friends, God, friends that could last a lifetime, God. God, we pray for their identity, God, to be grounded in you after today. God, we pray that these kids and these teachers here today, that they would know, God, that their identity only comes from you, God. What you say about them, God, is all that matters, God. That they would know that they're chosen, that they're a royal priesthood, God, that they are a holy nation set apart. For you, God. God, we pray that you would unleash these superheroes here this morning to have supernatural faith, God, to have supernatural strength when it comes to praying, God, and doing what needs to be done, God, to bring you glory, God. We pray that you would use each and every kid here in an extraordinary way, God. Their life would never be the same after today, God, because you so supernaturally stepped into it, God, that everything changes this morning, God. We pray for them to have a significant role in your kingdom, God. We're not just sending kids out to school today, God. We're sending superheroes into this community, God, to change the world for you, God, to do something greater than we ever dreamed or hoped for, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 But I do really like how Tommy started this series with, with everybody thinking that they could be a superhero. And that everybody should start looking for their spiritual gift that God has for them. And Tommy used some sweet clips from Spider-Man, one of my favorite Spider-Mans 20 years ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago, but it's cool. I loved it. 
But we all have the ability to be a superhero this morning. Young, old, all of us have the ability to be a superhero this morning. And some of you are like, well, I don't even know where to start, Chris. I don't even know how to start becoming a superhero. Well, I'm glad you asked, how do we start? Because I'm going to call this message today, How to Become a Superhero for God. So after today, you're going to know. You're going to walk out and get it done. So today, we're going to start out by talking about one of the most motivating, captivating, and inspirational people in the Bible. And this dude's in the Old Testament. This guy stepped up, and he made the difference in 50,000 people's lives. This guy changed the world. He was a superhero for God. And the guy that we're talking about this morning is Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer to the king, to the cupbearer king, Artaxerxes of Persia. And he had the Persian Empire, one of the most strongest empires in the world at that time. And Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. And so, if you can imagine, back in those days, people would want to overthrow kingdoms. And one of the best ways to do that was poison the king. Take out the king. Take out the kingdom. And so people caught on in this because King started getting, you know, knocked off. And so they had these cupbearers. And the cupbearer's job was to taste the king's Kool-Aid, sip, sip, wink, wink, before the king. He would taste the king's Kool-Aid to see if it was poisoned or not. And then the king would know it was safe to drink. The cupbearer would also take a bite out of the king's chicken nuggets. Can you believe that? He would, like, open his dipping sauces and lick them. And this is crazy stuff. He would hand the king his drink, and like, the king loved it when there were little pieces of chicken nugget floating in it, because then he knew, man, this thing's safe, safe as it gets to drink. So here's how the story of Nehemiah goes. So Hananiah comes to Nehemiah and says, listen, I need to talk to you about our homeland, like where our ancestors are from, like what's going on there? And now the reason they're talking about this is because 140 years prior to this event that we're talking about today... In the year 586 B.C., so you know it's a long time ago because the B.C. stands for, for, for before Chick-fil-A. So, you know, like super long time ago, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar comes in, and he comes in with his army, and he attacks the Jewish people. Nebuchadnezzar comes in, and he takes a lot of the gold, takes all the gold, and he takes everything that will burn and he burns it to the ground. Everything in the city that will burn, he burns to the ground. Then he takes people and horses and chariots, and he starts pulling every stone in the city down on top of Some of these stones are bigger than a school bus. And Nebuchadnezzar does this, and he completely destroys the city of God and the temple of God. When Nebuchadnezzar was done, Jerusalem was nothing but a pile of smoldering rocks. Nebuchadnezzar Sealed the deal. And Nehemiah, when Nehemiah heard that story, when Nehemiah heard what had happened to his homeland, this is where we pick up the story in Nehemiah 1, 4. Nehemiah said, when I heard these things, when I heard about all this, I sat down and wept. He said, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah said, when I heard about the devastation, when I heard about the homelessness, the helplessness of my people, Nehemiah said, that broke my heart. Nehemiah said, it even got in my heart a little bit. So one of the first things a superhero does is they encounter something that breaks their heart. Because what breaks our heart is often what motivates us to do something heroic. So what breaks your heart is often what will motivate you to do something heroic. So I want to ask you this morning, what breaks your heart? 
What breaks your heart? What makes you say, I cannot let this happen any longer on my watch? I can't let this go on any longer. What makes you say, why doesn't somebody do something about this? Every superhero encounters something that breaks their heart. And they let this injustice into their, into their heart. They encounter it out in the world and they let it into their heart. So maybe for some of you here today, it's kind of these hurting children. And that's what it's been for me and my wife, Katie, and our two kids. We take in kids to this program called Safe Families that we do here at Grace. And, and it may not seem that super heroic, you know, to take in one kid. But we love this kid and care for this kid and... and Treat this kid like it's like it's our own, you know. We just love them so much and have so much fun with them. But to that kid, we're a superhero. To that mama who thought she was going to lose her kids to DHS, other people come in around her and they rally around her and they help her. To that mama, man, those people are superheroes. And there's a team of people in this church right now. They take in hurting kids and they help hurting mamas and they work together. And then there's another team in this church and they bring us food. They bring us diapers. They bring us super expensive formula. I forgot how expensive formula was. Man, that stuff's expensive. They offer to babysit and to help us. All these people working together because something broke their heart. We banded together and we became a team of superheroes for these lost and hurting kids. If you want to learn more about that, you can talk with me or Katie or Danny. We're going to learn more about that in the weeks to come. But Safe Families is a way to help these lost and hurting kids. Or maybe your, your heart just breaks for these kids here at Grace. And Clarissa is one of their superheroes, man. She teaches them to walk by danger super fast. She teaches them, you know, she loves them and cares for them and teaches them. But Clarissa needs more superheroes back there. Superheroes that love kids. Superheroes that have been background checked. Superheroes that are willing to step up and to step into these kids' lives. So maybe your heart breaks for those people that are abound by addiction, and Linda Jones is one of their superheroes. Or maybe you're bound by addiction or been struggling with addiction, and, and you know you're here this morning. You can just feel a superhero inside you wanting to break out. We have a recovery group here at Grace. We need more people to step up and to be superheroes in that area. Or maybe it's homelessness that breaks your heart. And we have, a, we have a dynamic duo here of David and Francis Nelson. And they facilitate serve on the streets every month. This is something the whole family can do. So if homelessness breaks your heart, we need more superheroes to step up and to get involved and serve on the streets. We all see things that break our hearts. But here's the difference. A superhero responds with action. They do something about the injustices they see. So Nehemiah, he saw an injustice. He saw something that broke his heart. And then Nehemiah does this. Nehemiah kneeled down to pray. One of the first steps that a superhero takes is that they kneel down to pray. They go to God, the source of all their power. And Nehemiah prayed, he prayed these, these bold prayers. He prayed these supernatural prayers where his life would never be the same if God answered this prayer. Never be the same. He prayed these supernatural prayers. He asked God, send me out, God. Help me to rebuild my homeland, God. Crazy, dangerous prayers. This dude's hanging out in the palace watching the 4K TV with the king. Hanging with the king, taking cell. I mean, this guy, he had a dangerous job, but he was safe and secure, and he prayed to leave all of that. And this is where we pick up the story. In, the, in Nehemiah 2, 1 through 4, 
It says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been, this makes, this is kind of funny to me. It says, I had not been sad in the king's presence before. So the king's like, why does your face even look like this? You know, why, why are you so sad? <laughs> this can be nothing but sadness of heart. And Nehemiah says, I was very much afraid. And then Nehemiah says, I made the king live forever. You know, why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? And I love this little part. Then Nehemiah prays a little, a little quick prayer under his breath. He says, please, God, help me to finish this. He said, then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can help rebuild it. So the cool thing is, is that Nehemiah prayed for four months before he did or said anything in front of the king. Four months. Have any of you ever tried to pray for anything for four months? I mean, it's a crazy long time. And going before the king was bold. Asking the king to move, him, move in his life supernaturally was dangerous. If the king didn't like what he said, the king it was over. A superhero always prays before they take the next step. A superhero always prays before they act because they want their actions to be aligned with God and God's will. So praying is one of the best ways that we can unleash and discover our supernatural gifts that Tommy talked about last week. So each of us, like Tommy said last week, we have a spiritual gift inside of us that God wants to use to bring him glory, that God wants to use inside of us. It's like Spider-Man had his spidey sense, and Superman had his strength, and Luke Skywalker had the force. We can all pray to ask God to help us to unleash these spiritual gifts that are inside of us. One of Nehemiah's spiritual gifts was praying. Man, that dude could pray. We see him pray over and over and over and over again in his story. But get this, the king grants Nehemiah's request. So Nehemiah starts getting all the supplies he needs. He gets like 500 glue sticks and 2,000 Ticonderoga pencils. And that was last week. And he gets this huge backpack because he's going to need some snacks on this trip. Because this trip is 1,000 miles, about 1,000 miles away from everything that Nehemiah has ever known. And this is where we pick up the story. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. So first, you can kind of read through this passage, and I don't think we really experienced the gravity of this passage. So Nehemiah has traveled a thousand miles. And back in those days, this trip took between three and six months. Back in those days, if he was lucky, he had a donkey that he could ride on. So no wonder he had to sit and relax for three days before he could go around the city again. He's like, ay, caramba. <laughs> but it's been, get this, it's been between six and nine months from the first time that Nehemiah prays to the first time that he rides around the city. Six to nine months of just praying and moving, praying and moving. And I think we're actually lucky enough that we had some drone footage from this actual event. I know it's crazy, but I think we have some. 
didn't know that, did you? Nehemiah's like, you can't be playing these dice. We got to pray. <laughs> Nehemiah ran around the city. He's like, we got to pray. We all got to start praying. That's what it looks like in my mind. So, We did say this was sort of summer cinema. But the, I want to remind everybody. So remember, on our path to becoming a superhero, first the superhero, they see an injustice and they let it into their heart. They start praying about it. Then they kneel down to pray, and they pray these dangerous prayers. They pray for God to move so bold that their life will never be the same if God answers this prayer. Then, superhero, they stand up, they put on their MC Hammer pants, and they get to work. Cool thing is I found my, super, my MC Hammer pants from when I was 10, but somehow they became skinny jeans. So. Anyway... But Nehemiah responded with action. A superhero will always respond with action. Nehemiah wanted to help his homeland. He started working. He started praying. He started moving. He started rebuilding the wall around his city to provide protection and security for these people. He started doing stuff in the present to help the future. God wants us to be people of actions. Our intentions are good, but our actions are are how we will show God to the world. Our actions are how we will show God to the world. And so finally, the last thing a superhero does is they get ready to face opposition. You can always expect to face opposition when you really start getting to work. And here's what I hope all of you will understand. Young people, older people, young at heart people, I hope you'll understand this today. That whenever you really start doing something meaningful, whenever you start really doing something for God that's going to make a difference, almost as soon as you decide you're going to be generous, I mean, almost as soon as you like walk across the room and you're going to do something for somebody else that doesn't benefit you at all, you can expect to face opposition. You can expect to find obstacles. You can even expect to get spiritual resistance. To come in and try and slow you down and try and stop the work of God. And that's why it's so important for us here to pray these dangerous prayers. That's why it's so important for us here today to start praying for our spiritual gifts. Because God uses these things to circumvent those problems and those obstacles and those things that would try and stop you. I mean, just look at the stories in the Bible. We got Adam and Eve. They're hanging out, having fun. And then the evil serpent comes in, tries to distract them from doing God's will. We got Moses. His enemy was Pharaoh. We got David. His enemy was Goliath. We go to the New Testament. We got Jesus. And he had Herod. He had the Pharisees. He had the Jewish leaders. He had Judas. He had the devil. He had all the haters. Jesus had everybody against him. Batman had Joker. Superman had Lex Luthor. Luke Skywalker had Darth Vader. There we go. Nehemiah, the person that we're talking about today. Nehemiah had Sanballat. He had Tobiah. He had Geshem. And he had a bunch of other people that tried to stop his work, that tried to stop the work of God. And this is where we pick up the story. Nehemiah 6, 1 through 4. It said, when the word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Though up to this time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. They said, come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. So first, young people, if anybody ever asks you to go to Ono, you say, oh, no, I won't go, okay? <laughs> Young at heart, people, 
If anybody ever asks you to go to Ono, you say, exactly. Good job. Because they were scheming to harm me. Nehemiah knew this. They sent these messengers to me. And Nehemiah said this to them. I love this prayer. He said, I am carrying on a great work, and I cannot come down. Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. He said, why should the work stop while I leave to go down to you? Get this, four times, four times that we know of, the enemy tries to stop God's work. Four times. And I love what Nehemiah gave him the same answer every time. He said, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Some of us here today, I think look, we almost need to internalize this. Say this with me. I am doing a great work. I am doing a great work. Really, say this with me. I am doing a great work. So maybe you're just a kid here today, and you're like trying to go to school and trying to get the best grades you can. You're trying to stay out of trouble. You're really trying. Like you're just trying your best. And some of the other kids, they're not trying at all. They're not trying any of that stuff. You need to say to yourself, I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. I have a higher calling. So maybe you're here today and you're trying to get out of credit card debt and you're brown bagging it to work and stuff and you're just doing your best to get out of credit card debt and some of the people are making fun of you at work. Why are you always brown bagging it? Can't you go out and eat on Friday? It's Friday. Can't you eat on Friday? No, I'm doing a great work and I'm going to get out of credit card debt. And they're like, well, could you at least stop washing your Ziploc bags and leaving them hanging all over? No, I'm doing a great work. I don't care if I have to look like a fool. I'm doing a great work and I'm going to get out of credit card debt no matter what it takes. So maybe you're here today and you decide to stay pure until you get married or pure until you get remarried. And the people are like, why are you worried about that? That's so old-fashioned. Why are you even doing that? What are you even thinking of? First, if, the, if they're talking like that to you, you need to ditch them. And then you need to say, I am doing a great work. I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to do what culture tells me to do. I have a higher calling. So maybe you're here today and you're raising kids and you're up to your neck in diapers and you think to yourself, man, I'm never going to have another adult conversation as long as I live. I'm just never going to see another adult ever. You need to say to yourself, I'm doing a great work. Because one of these days you're going to drop those kids off of kindergarten and you're going to cry. You're going to celebrate after you get away from them, but you're going to cry. <laughs> but God, he used this superhero, Nehemiah, to impact the lives of over 50,000 people. God used Nehemiah to set up Jerusalem for Jesus. He started getting everything ready. And Nehemiah didn't stop until the good work was done. He didn't stop. So Nehemiah, he was our superhero today because he saw an injustice. And he decided to let that injustice into his heart. And then God's like, you know, just pray, Nehemiah, just pray about it. And so our superhero, Nehemiah, he knelt down and prayed. And then our superhero, Nehemiah, he got up and he got to work. And God used Nehemiah to do something that would outlast him. So this room is full of Nehemiahs, young and old. I really believe that here today. I really believe that. What's the good work? What's the great work that God is calling you to do? We can all be superheroes in this community. We can do something in this community that will outlast us. We can make a difference. We can all be superheroes today. So the next time you see something that kind of messes with your heart a little bit, I want to challenge you after today. Go home. Kneel down and pray about it. Like really pray about it. 
Pray with your family. Pray with your friends. And then find something you can do about this thing that you've just felt go into your heart. And do the good work. Do the great work that God is calling you to do.